All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you back to yet another... Splendidly sumptuous episode <laughs> of V8 Radio. <laughs> Splendidly sumptuous. Nice. Exactly. Well, Thank you. Thank I, you I, I don't think you want something that's sumptuous if it's not splendid. Exactly. You don't want, exactly. like, painfully sumptuous... No. Uh, I'm your uh, host, Kevin Oste, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Hubal-Clark. How's it going, Kev? Good to be back. Splendidly sumptuous. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think we have a lot to cover because there just is a lot going on today. Yes. But, uh, uh, but before we do, we, we oftentimes start this show with a trivia question, something fairly automotive-related. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I prepared one that just uh, just kind of popped into my head for no, no apparent reason. Okay. Do you got one? I do have one that just popped into my head today, as a matter of fact. All right. Well, uh, why, why don't you go first? Okay. Well, tonight, uh, earlier today, Kevin, I was hanging out at my local cruise night in downtown Plainfield, Illinois. Nice. Yeah. And I happened to see a... Uh, an old Studebaker Avanti sitting there. Oh, right and it got me thinking, you know, there's been a lot of iterations of the Avanti over the years. It's kind of the, the brand that just won't die, despite having died so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, there's nothing quite like the original. And how many production years did the original Avanti uh, become available? So the original Avanti... Uh, if I remember correctly, was released in 1963. And there's uh, either late 62 or early 63, and there's a little trivia question between the 63 and 64 models because the headlight bucket changed from a, a round bucket to a square bucket. And many mm-hmm. people many people claim that that's a 64 and up thing. Uh, but interestingly, you do find... 63 or you find round headlight buckets in 64 and later models because some of the fiberglass parts weren't built in the order they were produced so uh, it's kind of hard to date some of those cars but i believe the last one rolled off their last studebaker you know kind of official avanti right uh was over in 1966 Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say that that turns into, say, uh, three and a half uh, uh, years of official production. So what are you saying, like 62 and a half to 66 or something like that? Yeah, somewhere around that. Something like that? All right. That's my guess. All right. All right. All right. right. I like it. Might have been 65, but. Uh, okay. There was a time when I knew this readily. Ah, I see. Uh, Maybe today's that day as well. Bonus question, who was the designer? God dang it, I just read that too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. An American treasure, yeah. I read it and I'm like, that'd be a good trivia question too. Hmm." Mr. Raymond Lowy. That's it, Raymond Lowy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Darn it. Well, that's a good one. I, I'm, I'm close on that one. I know that. Yes. I, I will say that you are close on that one, if not spot on. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll wait till the end of the show. All right. Well, okay. Well, yeah, to reciprocate, how about this? 
Uh, as we're recording this one, it's uh, summertime activities are heating up quite a bit. And one of those is, uh, is camping. A lot of people like to go camping. And uh, camping. as you probably know, our friends at General Motors uh, actually built a camper, a GMC Motorhome. Yeah. Uh, made in the mid-70s. Uh, tell me about the interesting driveline in that vehicle. Well, Kevin, as it so happens, that driveline came out of a Oldsmobile Tornado, and it was a front-wheel drive configuration. And what engine? Oh, I believe it was a, it was a 455. 455 front-wheel drive. Very from, G, from old from Oldsmobile. Very, uh, very confident answer he's got there. I I'm actually I'm pretty <laughs> confident about this one. I may be wrong on the displacement, but I'm 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 pretty sure I'm right about the manufacturer and the fact that it's front-wheel drive that it came up came from a Tornado. Right on. Mm-hmm. I'm writing mm-hmm. that down. That's your final answer. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> Time will tell. Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> As time creeps on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now here's what everybody, including myself, has been waiting for, and that is an update on the Q-Ball GTO. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, there, there, there are things to update, as a matter of fact. Um, we're, we're, do you remember where we left off last time? Where we left I off, I had a, you had... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, you had a bare obta- block and you had, parts and yes, stuff? Yes, you've, you, you had obtained the block and the parts, and you're taking them over to your buddy's house, and you were starting yeah. to uh, paint some of the pulleys and a few things. Right, and, right. Uh, and maybe yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah, well, that that's all happened. Uh, pulleys have been painted, parts have been painted, and the, the intake has been painted, timing cover, oil pan, all that stuff, and it... <laughs> I got to say, it looks pretty dynamite, so I'm right pretty on. happy with how it turned out. Awesome. Um, but what we've done the last couple of weeks is um, is uh, we got the, the – the, uh, we tried to put the crankshaft in, and we got it in place and rotated it and noticed that there was some interference with one of the crankshaft counterbalance uh, weights. Uh, it, was, it was hitting part of the block, so – we had to do some surgery on that and grind some of the block away. And some some of the casting flash needed to be ground because it wasn't quite interfering, but it was really, really close. So we took care of that. And now we have the crank, the crank in with the rear main seal, which was the BOP one-piece rear main, which was a real joy to install. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we got that. We got the mains torqued down. We use some Molly lube or Molly paste uh, for some lubricant on, on the on the ARP studs, and the crank turns. And I have the the pistons are put together with the rods, and the rings are on. And we were gonna put those in, but I forgot my ring compressor tool, so ah. we called it the night after that. So <clears throat> I haven't been back since then. He's been real busy. I've been real busy. We haven't been able to get together. Uh, maybe, maybe in a couple of days we might be able to, but, um, right on. but a, as it is, yeah, we're, I'm getting ready to get the rotating assembly all, all buttoned up. That's fantastic. So, and, yeah. And, and tell me how, you know, once, so once you notched out the block, cause this is an, uh, an, an Eagle crank you put in it. Yeah. It's an Eagle four and a quarter stroke, uh, forged crank. That's right. So that explains the expanded size of the, the right. counterweights requiring a little grind mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That freak you out grinding but, on the block? Not really, because luckily Randy did most of it for me <laughs> while I was while I was away, and he has all the right stuff to do that. And uh, and some things are better but, off not watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Uh, but when I did get there, there was a little more left to do, so he let me do it, and you know we covered everything up, and says, "Okay, just go real lightly, and just let the let the the bit do the work, and all that." And that's what I did. I only had to take a few more millimeters off, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was kind of interesting doing that. I, I never had to do that before, so I enjoyed it. <clears throat> By the way, this is a uh, it's a, a '60s Pontiac, so it's not millimeters; it's a few thousands. Right, few thou. Yeah. Took a few thou off. Yeah. Exactly. My bad. My bad. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. This isn't your Corrado you were working on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I saw a red Corrado on the road the other day. Uh, the last one. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was. I think it's been about 15 years since I've seen one on the road. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm sure the driver was smiling, too, because yeah. uh, they were fun. Yeah, the fact that on. he was driving it and it wasn't overheating. God bless America. <laughs> yeah. must, must have been a little cooler out than today. Yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly. Well, that's cool. That's great. That's progress. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. pretty stoked. You should be. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we... we um, I guess when you get the the long block assembled, uh, you got uh, you still got to get those heads reworked. Then I still have to get the heads reworked. I got to get the other one sold. So if anyone's looking for a nice set of six seventy heads, again, still available. Uh, there you go. Amazing, there amazing. Go. Yeah, just contact us at cueball at v eight radio Make you a uh, just a, a, so yeah, a special. Yeah, I got the heads reworked. Yeah, I got to get the heads done. I need to get, uh, I still need to get a whole valve train. I got to get the cam, lifters, push rods, rocker arms, springs, yeah, valves, yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole shebang. So, all right. Well, you know, it takes, uh, GTOs weren't built in the day. Well, they yep. were the first time. <laughs> yeah, back then. <laughs> 50 years ago, they sure were. They're not rebuilt in a day. Well, that's good, no, though. No kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with what I got going on. So. Good. Good well, stuff. and and I do think we should point out uh, to our esteemed listening audience that uh, if you are normally listening to the show via iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or one of the uh, uh, subscription, um, you know, MP3 podcast services, you missed an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our last episode was a website only deal, and we didn't uh, we didn't. We promoted it through Facebook and, and through a couple of our channels, but there was no way to pump something out to the iTunes people, you know, so we're telling you now. Right. And, and the reason for it is it was a special episode uh, that we affectionately called our music show. And Woo-hoo! it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun to do, I thought. And we've gotten a, a, a lot of good response on it of people that have gone to v8radio.com and clicked on it. And the reason why it had to live on v8radio.com and not in a regular podcast is because... Uh, Mike and I actually put our DJ hats on and played some music, um, but we don't have the rights to the music. So in order to make this work, we created a YouTube playlist. So it's a little bit with Mike and I, actually a YouTube file, and then we introduce a particular song, which is then played from YouTube, which means they handle the musician rights and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But the whole theme was not just music, it's uh, car-related stuff, but not necessarily songs about cars. It was songs that had a car connotation when we first heard them or, you know, that reminds us. So 
I want to invite all of our, uh, our subscription people to go to v8radio.com and check that one out because uh, we wouldn't want you to miss that episode because it was fun. It was a lot of fun and a good way to kind of get to know a little bit about, about you and about me and some of the influences that kind of shaped us into the people we are today. <laughs> it's true i don't know why that sounds funny but it <laughs> i try to keep a straight face <laughs> no we're not running for public office and uh, no yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it wasn't you know well, like not, a pbs thing it was uh, right not many laws were broken no 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 <laughs> uh but i do have to throw a shout out to our friend uh, uh chris ron who is not only a uh, professional mechanic who owns a repair shop, but also owns a, uh, a brewery close to me, uh, the Stubborn German Brewing Company, where I spend a bunch of time. And I told him about the music show, and he thought it was a neat idea. So he listened to the whole thing, and uh, today texted, texted me and said he really dug it, except he thought it was weird that, uh, I guess he listened to it in his bar, and oh really yeah but but there there was you know my voice telling him stories and he wasn't just sitting there at the bar with a beer like normal you know oh i got you (laughs) okay that makes sense now i now i get it okay yeah right on because he's heard a lot of my nonsense over the years uh uh, but now he got to hear yours too so that's good yeah yeah good good Uh, well thank you chris that's right yeah yeah so, I didn't know Chris was a mechanic as well. That's interesting. Uh, I never knew that about yeah, him. Yeah, he owns a uh, repair shop called Hometown Auto Repair in uh, here in Waterloo, Illinois. And that's kind of oh. how we met. He would do uh, alignments for our shop, uh, cars that we build at V8 Speed and Resto. Oh. I'll and, be darned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it Very was nice, nice uh, organic uh, friendship there. Sure. So you were at the, uh, the Plainfield Cruise Night. See anything fun? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was uh, it was Camaro night tonight, so oh. saw a lot of uh, more. It's weird. I think the the, the tides are, are turning quite a bit. I saw more fifth gen Camaros mm. than anything else there. I mean, a lot of fifth gens there. A lot, a couple of ZL ones, really nice ZL ones were there. Now, um, was uh, this a Camaro Club sponsored thing or just general Camaro? No, nope. just it's just the Camaro theme was was tonight. So it was sponsored by a local Chevy dealer uh, mm-hmm. tonight, uh, and they had some of their stuff there. But the majority of every, everyone that's there is just, you know, people from around the area. That's cool. Bringing their stuff in. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so, you know, fifth and sixth gen Camaros are, are everywhere. Mm-hmm. They did sell they a lot are. of them. So it's cool that those people are getting them out. And uh, it's funny because this is also Power Tour week this week. Uh, right. It's kicking uh. off. Yeah, and uh, there's this debate online about new cars, you know, versus old cars on Power oh, Tour. And it drives me nuts, you know, because yeah. I think if you've got a cool car, you know, go take it yeah. out. But there was somebody recently who did this little kind of fake time warp thing, and he posted a thing on Facebook that said, yeah, I'm getting ready to go on the 1969 Power Tour, and uh, I just bought my 69 Camaro uh, it's brand new. Do you think people will care? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, th- that's exactly what I thought of. That's exactly what I thought of. Yeah. If, if you got a cool car, you got a cool car. Mm-hmm. And, and you just take it out. Who cares if it's a late model? It's, uh, I could go on and on. But uh, <clears throat> Well, and, and I feel the heat uh, fairly often whenever on Muscle Car of the Week we feature a late model car. 
and uh, you know, you get a lot of guys who are dyed in the wool, you know, first generation muscle car fans, I'll call them, uh, who, right. you know, if it doesn't have the original engine and a carburetor and it wasn't built in 65, it's garbage. And, and I get mm-hmm. that, you know, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just wish those people weren't quite as vocal about things that are different. Because yeah. sometimes they tear me up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, some people just can't help themselves. Yeah, I, I, I can handle it. Don't get me wrong with yeah. that, you know. Uh, but it is kind of funny to see, and especially with... Uh, did, did you catch the latest episode, by the way? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I caught the latest episode. <laughs> that was that was badassery at its <laughs> finest, my friend. Honest to God, that was, that was some cool stuff. You know... I, I don't care if 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 you are a died in the wool first gen muscle car guy. That was cool. Having a, a demon against a Veyron, that's good stuff. That's good television. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And for for you those bet. who haven't seen that one, go over to musclecaroftheweek.com because we did a very informal competition, kind of squaring off between a 2018 Dodge Demon. And a uh, a Bugatti Veyron, and I believe the Veyron was an 07 or an 08. Uh-huh. Um, and for those who don't know what that car is, I I didn't know much about them until we did this, and and it's been pointed out that I still don't know much about them. Thanks. To the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the the comments <laughs> online, but the Bugatti Veyron is uh, kind of like your your Uber exotic. Um, oh yeah, thousand and one horsepower W sixteen engine configuration with four turbos and uh, all wheel drive, uh, all wheel drive, a seven speed uh, transmission. That mm-hmm. uh, the tires on that thing alone. So when the car came out, the tires were twenty five grand for a set of four. Good, good heavens. Today that's over forty thousand. You know because yeah. they've, they've gone up and. Um, the, I didn't point out that the tread life, the tire lifespan on those, if you do not take it to its 253 mile an hour top speed, mm-hmm. the regular dope around, go to the Plainfield Cruise Night style of driving, <laughs> uh, those tires will last uh, a full 2,500 miles. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's about what? Uh, two, <clears throat> almost 2,000, what? A couple hundred dollars a mile? Probably, yeah. Because yeah. when you. Uh, when you get them changed, they're glued to the rim as well as, you know, mechanical mounting. Uh, and the only okay. place that, that you can have them officially mounted is in France. So <laughs> you, you have to pull the wheels and send everything to France. And for a mere uh, 70 grand, you'll get everything mounted and balanced and sent oh home. Oh, my God. So operating costs on that car, it's, it's pretty interesting because that's the only car that I know of that the manufacturer from day one, knew and intended to lose money on every one because they just knew yeah. they'd never recoup it. But the operating right. costs are uh, over three hundred grand a year if you drive the car. <sighs> Between insurance, tires, uh, oil... I, I, can't, o- I can't even wrap my mind around that. Oil change is uh, about twenty-seven grand. Uh, God forbid you if you uh, uh, mess up the transmission because that's uh, 125000 for the part... <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy and I bought houses for less money than that oh yeah totally totally and 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 so the deal is is they they did some checking on the demographics and apparently the average veyron owner owns 88 cars 
Wow. And three jets and something like, I don't know, five houses or something. So they figure, eh, they're not going to mind so much about the uh, $70,000 tire change. So what I'm hearing is I probably won't find one in my suburban neighborhood anytime soon. uh, Yeah, unless somebody's, you know, just likes to live next to you and has a lot of cash. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But in our little comparison, you know, Dodge advertised that the Demon was the, the fastest the quickest production car right. Right. Uh, ever. And the Veyron was advertised as the fastest production car. So, uh-huh. so we did a little fun. And, and uh, normally we drive our cars around in that little parking lot behind the, uh, right. the building where they're stored. But in this case, uh, one of the guys from the Brothers Collection found a, that there happened to be a fire lane out in front that is actually owned by them. It's on their property. So they thought, well, how about that? Why don't we take them out in front and beat on them? Yeah. And, that, sure. and that's what we did. <laughs> nice. And uh, I actually, uh, we'll leave the results to the, you know, to the episode. You'll have to go check it mm-hmm. out if you haven't seen it. But yeah, um, for sure. I actually got to drive the Veyron. Which, you uh, suck out loud, Kevin. I, I do. <laughs> I'll give you that. But I'll tell you what, it, um, it's impossible to get in and out of. Because it's, really? it's on the ground and the the oh boy. steering wheel and the seat and everything and you know for a bigger guy like you you and I it's 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 very hard to look cool <laughs> <laughs> crawling out rolling over yes. get me up <laughs> yeah i got my right hand on the ground and you know i mean it was, uh, it was... that's awesome so so it's got that going against it um, but the neat thing about it was uh the, those cars are not known to be off the line acceleration mm-hmm. cars. They're meant to be right. a top speed car. Top speed, right? So they advertise a ten, I think a ten fourteen at one hundred and thirty uh-huh. some quarter mile time, which is fast. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's no slouch. Um, but the handlers at the brothers collection pointed out that there is a pretty substantial turbo lag on the car. Because the the sixteen cylinder engine is only like five and a half liters, so it's it's not oh, wow. real big, and to spin up four turbos takes quite a bit of heat energy. Sure. So they're driving around and they're like, yeah, you know, it's not like you, you know, touch the throttle and the thing just, you know, right. It's you gone. light up all four tires like crazy, right? Right. So <clears throat> they gave me the opportunity to drive around the block, and. I, I stopped at the uh, the unofficial starting crack in the fire lane, mm-hmm. nice, <laughs> and d- decided to launch this thing like a turbo car, which is Sweet. start to do a little brake stand. You know, one foot on the brake, mm-hmm. start bringing the R's up with the other side, and uh, and watch the RPM a little bit. And sure enough, man, you can hear it behind you. We're starting to get a little little pressure going. And when it came time to go, you know, just mat the throttle and get off the get the brake and just hang on. And you're an Air Force guy. You've heard of the, uh, you know, like the, the G pressure suits that the F-18 pilots wear, you know, right. to keep the blood yeah. in your head. Well, I, I sure. didn't have one of those. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't think to even do like any kind of a you know, a cranial pressurization exercise and breathe heavy like I was taking like a, a, a... hick a, maneuver and all that? Is that what they call it? Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was, uh, you know, the... Squeeze <laughs> everything. You're like, hick, hick, Oh, hick. there you go. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was just, you know, too much fiber. You know, I do the same thing. Right. Uh, I didn't do any of that. So all the oh, blood boy. basically left my head or at least left the control portion of my brain. Literally... Mm-hmm. 
vision blurs, heads against the wow. seat, and I'm just kind of praying that I'm going straight with this. And then I get off and bring it to a stop. And it was an insane uh, sensation. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out if it was fun or not. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, I, it was equal parts, you know, fun, fear, confusion, delusion. So, oh. so it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Sounds like my Friday night, man. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was something that uh, typically, if you're going to get behind the wheel of a fast car, you're either at a track or you've been out cruising uh, around with it, and you're just kind of in that mode. And mm-hmm. I was in uh, you know, video production mode. I was actually operating a camera at that point, and I'm trying to you know, be smooth and stable and everything. And right. So I guess the, the good thing was I was not nervous at all about driving this car, good. Um, but I wasn't amped up enough to be in, in proper control, I guess. So, uh-huh. so, so nothing happened bad, you know, and I, I will say yeah. that, uh, I would do it again if I had the opportunity, oh, uh, but I would approach it differently. You darned right. I would too. Holy cow. Yeah. That would be, that would be the bee's knees, man. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, cause even when you go to the drag strip, you don't see guys, you know, th- there's plenty of NMCA cars that, that run that number all day long or, or, or right. two or, or three seconds faster. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't see those guys just walking up in street clothes and getting in the car and running it up. Right. <laughs> right. They're yeah. There's some preparation st- strapped yeah. in helmet, mental focus. And, and I had none of that. So I was strapped, <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> but I had no mental focus. <laughs> no, I rarely do. You know, <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> mental blurring. Right. So, uh, it was, it was fun. And the, the car retails for a million four, I think, yeah. um, and my and mind still losing money on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's there's so much that goes into that thing. Yeah. Uh, time sure. and engineering and materials, and there, there's something like mm-hmm. I don't know, fourteen or fifteen different cooling systems, you know, and, and just all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So my mind does not connect giant sums of money to vehicles in, the, in, in a realistic manner because I don't have giant sums of money, right? You know. If that got broken down to, you know, what the the lease payment would be like per day, <laughs> you know, oh, what's I, can't, a, I can't even imagine. It's a million and a half dollar, uh, you know, car. If you're going to finance it over five years, you know, it's probably several hundred bucks a day easily, you know? Yeah. Now, easily. now to me, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when are, I get it to a number that I can kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. If I got to pay, yeah, that's, that's a pretty pricey car. Three, $400 a day to drive this thing. Are you kidding me? You know, that that's insane. Jeez. If somebody yeah. says it's a million four, I don't even know what that is. So, you know, it just, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. So it was, uh, it was trippy and the, and the demon is, is, you know, every bit is awesome. Um, and the fun part has been the online feedback, uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the demon. Um, uh, I guess the way the demon actually took to the streets when the car came out, there was a giant, uh, publicity movement, you know, and, and the videos mm-hmm. got shared of it doing wheelies and, and they were publishing that 965 number at 141 or whatever it was in the quarter. Right with the tires and the trans brake and all that stuff that mm-hmm. it comes with. Um, but apparently people have been having a hard time running that number. Really? In a civilian capacity. 
So, so Dodge made this claim, and apparently they ran it in a video, and then they published it, and they said, hey, this thing runs 960s. Well, a lot of people have not done that. So uh-huh. people are telling me in their comments that, you know, Dodge was full of smoke and mirrors uh, saying that number. But at the same time, they had a fully prepped track, you know, uh-huh. ideal conditions, pro driver, the whole thing. So maybe your average weekend guy who bought one of these things right. had a similar experience to me where they just, hey, here's my car. I get behind the wheel, I drive it, and I didn't go that fast, and then I complain. Right. <laughs> yeah, it could be. You know, yeah. you I know. mean, well, it, it, you can kind of equate it to um, when manufacturers publish mileage numbers, that's typically under optimal driving conditions. I mean, it's obviously it's not while they're going uphill and it's at a, at a proper altitude, higher the altitude, the, probably the worse your mileage is going to be and, and whatnot. Um, so I, I get it. It's to your point. Yeah. It's the, probably the test was conducted under optimal conditions pro driver, like you said. So yeah, I get it. I, it's, it's probably possible to do a 965 at a buck 40, probably not that easy because it takes a certain skill level yes and i know several years ago we helped our friend brett evans build the splitter car the 70 trans am car it's funny i was i sorry on the side to that i was i was kind of burning through some youtube videos and uh i came across the splitter series and i was watching it again a couple weeks ago i'm like i remember when this was that when this was getting built this was awesome yeah well that was that was a heck of a car yeah, and he ran, I don't know, nine nine forties at one hundred and forty seven, I think. Jeez, and but that car had that over the top uh, five hundred plus inch Butler motor with right. three stages of nitrous, and and you know probably similar tire, uh, mm-hmm. and it was also a. 40 well i think that was a 4400 pound car yeah and a a demon is a 4200 pound car with 840 Mm -hmm. horsepower the splitter Mm -hmm. motor on on full hilt was over 1100 with uh get out of here yeah on the third stage of nitrous yeah 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 it made 855 on motor i think jeez yeah thank god for the aftermarket block uh well and and yeah he and aftermarket everything Everything, everything was aftermarket yeah. on that, and yeah. he had some challenges because he was spraying it so hard of of uh, head sealing issues, and it was uh-huh. O ring heads and you know the whole thing. But uh-huh. um, so that tells me that that demon number, you know, it's less power, but probably a better chassis and you know independent rear suspension and stuff like that. So I mean, I guess uh-huh. it's possible, and that's sure. that's why I didn't really question it that much. I just thought, well, these guys really got it got it dialed in, you know, if that's what it ran. Um, mm-hmm. the splitter car was also carbureted and of course the demons, you know, way modern EFI and oh, right. more, right, more right. gears in the transmission. The splitter car right. had a turbo 400 in it, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. You know, well, there's variables, there's variables. All right. And it, it, and Brett certainly didn't run that number every time the car went out, you know? Okay. So if there is something to say about driving skill. Certainly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that car. That was a, I was sad when I heard that he sold it. It was a wonderful car. The The only thing yeah. I didn't like about it was, and the concept behind it was um, something that could be drag raced, but also have suspension to go road racing. And that's why we right. call it splitter. It had a split personality. Mm-hmm. So on road race settings, it had, you know, these huge CCW, you know, forged 
uh, uh, two-piece wheels with low-profile tires, and then you'd remove all that stuff and put drag radials and front runners on it, uh, or actual slicks, and mm-hmm. change the shock settings out so it went more of a you know a 90-10 type shock from a, a road right. course shock. But we you were able to reuse the Global West control arms, and it had a uh, he he made a Watts Lincoln back for it himself, so it was oh, cool. pretty pretty sophisticated suspension. Right. But what I wish it would have had was a little more split, you know, the ability to change its personality from sounding like a full-on drag car in the car all the time. Oh, really? Because he picked me up one day. He was out driving on the street. You know, it was also designed to be a street driver. And, uh-huh. and we were just driving around cruising, and it sounded like a 550-plus cubic inch, uh, you know, big block. Uh, it, it Sure rattled everything you had all the time and it was pretty fatiguing Yikes. so if there was a way and you know the answer of course it's a two-letter answer don't say it <laughs> don't you dare don't you dare i will shut this whole production down mister <laughs> Uh, well, it was Pontiac powered, and that was part of the deal. He wanted to make it Pontiac powered and keep it that way. Amen. If you, right. If you took a modern supercharged engine, you know you could do the same thing without the noise. That's all I'm going to say. Shut your yapper. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mister Weisenheimer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so last I heard, that car lives in New York. That's all I know. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I hope the the new owner's taking good care of it. Yes, me too. Yeah. So oh. uh, it's been uh, a busy time. A couple weeks ago, uh, right. we had our our Waterloo Optimist Club Car Show, which is uh, right. an organization that I'm in, and I, I I run the car show in our little town square of Waterloo, Illinois, and that was uh, uh, kind of a surprise again. Um, perfect weather, and you know your your outdoor typical weekend car shows are dependent on weather. But uh, we had over 200 cars, which was killer. That is killer. And we only had one or two complaints at the end, which was good. Even better. (laughs) (laughs) You're running a successful uh, operation. You only have one or two complaints. Right. For all those people. So God bless you. Yeah, that was... uh... That was fun, and, and I, you know, typically I'm not the world's biggest uh, stationary car show guy because uh, mm-hmm. I like to do stuff with cars and, and everything else. But this right. one's kind of different. It's a it's a fundraiser first of all, so it's got a cause. Um, but it's nice because it's not like in a giant Walmart parking lot or something. It has the small town square setting, right. and yeah. there's there's trees with shade, and there's. <clears throat> local businesses and establishments to pop in and out of and you know you can make a day of it which is pretty cool right well plus you're also involving kids in on the action as well that you have the kids uh high school kids judging right cars out there correct yeah and there was two motivations behind that uh the the one was to train the high school our, our local high school auto club students on how to be involved not only i mean because you know judging a car show it can be just as subjective as drag racing because, you know, this isn't the NCRS, you know, and right. we're not going for uh, a top flight award on originality right. or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we teach the guys how to uh, judge the car against itself. So if you look at the car and say, all right, is this thing everything it could be? Or 
does this guy, you know, could he benefit by spending another weekend getting overspray off the frame rails or tidying up his wiring and, you know, that kind of stuff so right. that it's not comparing each car against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other aspect that I think is kind of cool is it gives them some social interaction with the owner. So oh. we train them to approach each car, never touch them and ask for the owner and then introduce themselves and have the owner open the door and open the hood and the trunk and tell them about oh. it and, and meet somebody and talk to them. You That's know. terrific. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they, they really dig it. Uh, the other motivation was it's real hard to get mad at kids. <laughs> <laughs> Another really good point. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, it's all about the future of this sport, hobby, and industry. Yeah. And let, let's, let's turn them on to it and expose them. And a lot of these guys don't get a chance to get up close and personal with some super, super nice cars. Um, so it gives them that opportunity and, you know, we've had it judged by, you know, volunteers or, or whatever. We all, we all know people in the, you know, the automotive community that are, they're just the judges. It's what they do. They, they own clipboards and they live for finding flaws. (laughs) Um, and they typically have an ability to make people upset. So, (laughs) sure. Oh, I get it. I get it. In, in the Pontiac world. You will always, at a Pontiac show, you will always find a lot of people who really know exactly what is wrong with your car. <laughs> yeah. that, is not, that is not original. That is not how they did it. That should not be routed that way. Right. Nice car, by the way. Right. You know, right. That kind of nonsense. Right, a little backhanded uh, comment. Yeah. At that. Yeah, and again, we, we tell everybody that this is not a... Uh, Again, a, a professionally judged concours, and and we don't right. we don't yeah. have uh, <clears throat> a team of we don't have the team that's at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals doing vintage uh-huh. certifications on cars. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we're just having guys get a good look at them, and right. so it, it, that part worked out really well. So, and another nice. thing we do for the younger kids is we have uh, a Hot Wheels track set up, and we have free Hot Wheels racing all day. Oh, that is killer. Yeah, yeah, so that's fun. I, I, I jumped on Craigslist and bought, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks worth of Hot Wheels cars uh, a couple years ago and ran them all through the dishwasher, you know, to get... Okay, yeah, get them cleaned up, sure. Get the biological elements off of them. <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, <clears throat> I started off um, with your good old-fashioned sections of orange track. Sweet. You know, the, the two-and-a-half-footers, whatever they are. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a, a, a 10 foot long, uh, uh, one, you know, one by four, basically. So it was yeah. wide enough, a piece of wood wide enough to put two lanes down and sure. then put it on an incline and let them run. But the problem with that is there were so many pieces of track that when the cars uh, start getting speed, they're bouncing off and everything else. Yeah. So the next evolution is there's a product called the blue track and, and blue track comes in a 24 foot roll. It's one piece. Oh, wow. It's two lanes wide, and okay. and you just unroll this thing, and now you've got a, a one-piece track, which is cool. And it rolls uh, out nice and flat? Well, if you're if you're more prepared than I am, uh-huh. uh, uh, you leave it out <laughs> so, for So day. the answer is no, Mike. It does not roll out to flat. <laughs> it could. It could. Uh, it's intended to. Uh-huh. Uh, you got to leave it out in the sun for a day and a half or so, sure. and, and then it flattens out. But that was part of the problem is at the end, it had a curl on it, and it was throwing cars straight up in the air. Right. And two lanes 
you know, we'd have a pretty decent amount of kids racing at the same time, you know, f- uh-huh. at least seven or eight. And two lanes just wasn't enough. So this year, we upped it again, and I got a uh, – uh, it's shorter. It's a 16-footer, but it's a piece of um, tin siding that you would see on a, on a pole barn kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea there is – the idea there is that um, – the shape of the tin has like two barriers and then three lanes across. Okay. All right. So by using, I wonder if you, sorry, I wonder if you, if you thought of using uh, like even on the orange track or even on the blue track, when you have it uh, on that one by uh, one by four, if you would like use some commercial quality Velcro and tape it down at, at certain sections. That's a pretty good idea. Um, what I found this time with the, the tin siding is that the piece is normally two feet wide, I think, and I cut it down so that it had these three lanes, and now I've got a one-piece operation. They just okay, sweet. I'm not even using the blue track or anything. You just run the thing down the siding. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. Right, okay. so now there's no seams. There's no bouncing. I uh, No fuss, no muss. That's right. I, I filed the edges clean so it wasn't sharp, and then I wrapped some duct tape around everything so it was safe. And, uh, oh man, those guys, those kids, they had to put 500 miles of races on it. They were just <laughs> nonstop, sweet. you know, uh, and, and, and the parents too, you know, definitely got involved. Yeah. yeah. So oh yeah. That was cool. I, I love Hot Wheels still. Yeah. 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 That's great stuff. That's, that operation sounds like it's high speed, low drag. I like it. That's right. Totally. <laughs> and it, it's kind of funny, you know, they say our, uh, our very expensive addiction starts with 97 cents, you know, with that. <laughs> With that Hot Wheels car. Yes, sir. And when oh, I, boy. I was at my local lumber supply place buying the piece of tin. And typically when you start asking for siding for tin, you're either repairing a building or you're going to build a new one. Uh-huh. And the sales guy comes up and he's like, yeah, can I help you? And I said, do you have uh, 16-foot sections of tin? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's getting ready to make a sale here, you know. <laughs> and uh, he said, what color would you like? And I said, uh, well, I, I would prefer it to be in white. He goes, okay, yeah, we've got white. Uh, he said, how many need? I said, one. One. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, sir. And it's like, what happened? And I said, well, one, one what? One ton? Yeah, one right. One gross? Yeah. Uh, one piece. One sir. piece. Thank you. You got any scrap in the back? <laughs> exactly. You know. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm building a Hot Wheels track. And next thing you know, everybody that worked there was like, oh, cool, man. You know, and, and they, they dug it. So they, they got it. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what else is going on? Um, last month, I forgot to mention it last time we did our show, but, uh, it's been two years since you and I started doing this thing together. Holy smokes. Two years. Holy smokes. Yeah. Happy anniversary, darling. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Happy anniversary. Two years with, uh, with no counseling and, uh, no, no fights. Right. We're awesome. Still no GTO, but that's okay. It's It's only two years. Still no GTO. It would feel weird if it were a GTO. I tell you what, this, when that thing's driving, you're going to have to do a show from behind the wheel. I, you got you got yourself a deal. Right on, right on. I will. I'll have that son of a gun running. Yes, and I'll do the same. I'll I'll, I'll fix the galaxy and I'll take that out. And cool, cool. The the, the Buick generally runs okay. Uh-huh. It's got an issue though. The passenger door got stuck shut, and really? uh, it won't release. Yeah, so I got to shoot. Yep, I got to take the door panel off from the inside. 
Yeah. And it's a bet. That's not. Yeah, no. You going to take the seat out and all that? I hope not. <laughs> oh, brother, come on. It's a bench seat so, car, and it weighs 10 million pounds. So shoot. Yeah. Uh, yikes, sorry about that. That's all right. But uh, I recently posted on Facebook that I, I hadn't really driven the Galaxy very much, and I hadn't washed it in two years. So Jeez, that's the same anniversary that of us doing the show. Right. Holy cow. I did spray detail it every once in a while, but a full-on you know, soap bucket. Right. You know, watch. Um, it looks nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's still holding together. The uh, the paint is now 21 years old on the car. Uh, right on. And I had a little snafu last week because um, I guess 10 years ago, I had installed a uh, hydro assist braking system from Hydrotech on that car. And I uh-huh. love it. I love it. I love it. That made that car so much better to drive because it stops. Stops wonderfully. Um, but since day one, <clears throat> the steering pump had a groan. It made noise. Mm. Not super loud, but it just wasn't the noise I wanted under the hood. Right. And it's powered by a, a 351 Ford. And originally, when I did the Hydra Boost, which is a brake assist that's powered off the steering pump, um, I intended to use a GM Saginaw-style steering pump. Because, okay. like, as you know, driving your GTO around, unless you go all the way lock to lock and, and make the belt slip, um, right. there is no noise from those oh. power steering systems. They're wonderful. Yeah. So I'd learned that uh, some of the Ford vans from the mid-80s to the early 90s actually used the GM uh, Saginaw pump oh. on a Ford 351. So I got that factory bracket system and I got that pump put it together and lo and behold the pump makes noise which oh damn it so it only took me 10 years to get to it <laughs> and, and the other day i i was looking at this and on a on a hydro boost unit you have a dual return because one goes to the steering box and the other goes to the brake unit and they both run back to the the steering pump and okay. the simplest way to do it is you put a t in the line and you've got two that go into one and then okay feed the return but right that that can be a source of noise because the fluid can back up, I guess, and whatnot. Ah, so okay. so I figure I'm going to be a smart guy and I'm going to look at a vehicle that comes new from the factory with a hydraulic brake assist, and I'm going to okay. get that steering pump because those have two okay. returns on the reservoir from the factory. Oh, okay. And in the past, we've welded multiple fittings onto the steering pump reservoir. But we learned that the placement on the reservoir is crucial. Oh, boy. Because if you, if you put your return too high, the fluid actually goes through air before it enters the other fluid, and it aerates oh. and causes bubbles. And the bubbles are the noise. Gotcha. And All right. the problem contributes to itself because as you churn the bubbles... Uh, the volume of the fluid expands because now you have bubbles and fluid. And it also, the pump has to work harder to move the fluid. Uh-huh. And with the expansion, it creates heat, which creates more bubbles. <sighs> and then you spin out of control. And, and we've chased this problem at V8 Speed and Resto in the past. And typically the solution on the more modern type two steering pump is to use the factory plastic reservoir that you see on like a Corvette or an F body uh, Camaro. Because if you take the cap off and you look inside there, there's these little baffles going in all these different directions. 
that, oh. that some GM engineers that are far smarter than I am designed. So <clears throat> it was funny because we we're tempted, you know, to always use like an aluminum can or some kind of neat looking canister. And it right. turns out the stupid plastic thing is, <laughs> is the best way to go there. Um, but that is a different style pump than the one I have uh, on my Galaxy. So I find out that the Silverado 1500 pickup truck has factory right. Hydra Boost installed. So I buy one of those steering pumps with the dual return. I get my steering puller from the shop, the, the pulley puller, because you got to swap the pulley. And that was my first yeah. problem is somebody broke it and put it back in the drawer. <laughs> damn, damn you kids. <laughs> yeah. So I had to go to my local AutoZone and rent one. And you and I spoke on shows yeah. probably two years ago about uh, planning your experience so that you don't have to do that. So I'm, I'm cursing yeah. already. Yeah. And, and, and I get the puller home and switch it all out and I get the pump switched and fill it up with fluid and the whole thing and fire it up and it's a hundred times louder than it was. Come on. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> so I was very upset and um, I thought, well, you know, I, I've seen these in the past where, in fact, the Hydrotech manufacturer says sometimes you got to drive these cars for a couple hundred miles to work out bubbles out of the system they'll just churn themselves out so i said yeah you know maybe and uh, it was against my better judgment but i drove the car from my house to the shop which is 10 miles by the time i got to the shop this thing was screaming so bad um that i was just focusing heavily on getting it in the back door of the shop uh and in, in my fear of the the way the steering was feeling and the sound and everything um i missed my little alley turn in so i went to do a u-turn and pull into, into a driveway, which was actually Trevor's driveway, the guy that works at our shop. He lives right behind uh -huh. our shop. I pull into his driveway, but that, that harsh turn spiked the hydraulic pressure uh -oh. in, the, in the line, actually blew a hole in a hose, shot hot oh, hydraulic fluid onto the headers. No. Started a small fire, which lit the uh, brake switch light wiring harness on fire oh, so now i'm sitting in the middle oh, of the street geez. with my freaking car on fire and and there's a little bit of flame coming out from under the hood and i'm, I'm about to lose my mind because i'm thinking oh yeah had this car forever this is how my yeah. wife and i met and this yeah. this is how it ends my dumb that was your dad's car too yeah right yeah family yeah. heirloom and i'm family gonna heirloom. i'm gonna burn, I'm gonna burn it <laughs> i'm gonna burn it down in the street <laughs> God damn it, my dad always said I was no good, and I'm going to prove it. <laughs> you got it, you got it. Damn all, it. All that went through my head. So I, I I got a fire extinguisher in the trunk, right? So I open the trunk, and of course, there's 50 million things in there, and I can't get my hands on it fast enough. And I look oh, forward, and I see shit. in the flames. So I thought, maybe I need to open the hood and see what's going on. Well, I opened the hood, and luckily, the only thing that was actually burning was a piece of wire. So okay, thank I, God. I blew it out, and <laughs> nice. done. And Who needs fire extinguishers? Holy smoke. So <laughs> so here's the first takeaway is make sure you got that fire extinguisher in the car. I got two yeah, of them in yeah. this one now. Where you can get to it. Yes. Uh, so then some local neighbor person was driving by and they're like, you know, do you need a fire truck or whatever? And, you know, as this is burning, you're thinking, do I? Do I have this under control? But then you don't want yeah. that regret of saying, well, if I would have had a fire truck there, this never would have happened or whatever. But right. uh, at that point, I blew it out and I was okay. So so what happened, Man. right? Um, 
at the end of the day, I, I called uh, Paul Clark, who owns Hydrotech Braking, and mm -hmm. I told him about my idea to put the truck pump on the car. And he goes, yeah, you want to know your problem? I mean, I didn't even have to describe the problem. Wow. And I said, what's up? And he said, well, the truck pump, although it's identical in shape and size and bolts in place, it, uh, it's designed to provide enough fluid for a truck steering box, which is oh. like three and a half gallons a minute. And your car steering box needs like 2.1 gallons per minute. Okay. And the difference is in the output where you connect the high pressure hose, the truck box has a 144 thousandths hole and the car box has 125 thousandths hole. So it's, it's eighth inch versus nine sixty fourths. Not okay. a big difference. But right. enough. Enough of a difference, yeah. So he said, go get an eighth inch drill bit and shove it in there. And if it, it's loose, you got the wrong one. He said, but, but trust me, you got the wrong one. Uh -huh. So he said, go back to your shop and see if you have a steering pump from a car, a dead one, that you can unscrew that fitting and screw it into the new box. And then, okay. and then make sure your two return lines are set up properly so that the one that connects lowest to the box comes from the steering steering gear itself the one a little bit higher can come from the brakes because the brakes okay. only return fluid when you step on the brakes so it just spits a little bit every once in a while oh okay the steering box is returning all the time so that's the one all you right. want in in the deepest part of your fluid okay so it doesn't aerate correct and right. and he said i know you just put, i listened he said i know you just put uh, <laughs> new fluid in it but throw it out because in order to get the bubbles out you have to uh bring it up to temperature and the surface the surface tension of the lubricant will loosen up and it will allow the bubbles to come out. Uh, and that's why they say drive it sometimes because it actually puts temperature in them. Okay. Uh, he said, but if, if you're still creating cavitation, it will make it worse. And I said, well, is it a possibility that I could put this in a pot and put it on a stove, you know, and warm it up and, and he's like, yeah, but do you really have time for a science project? No, just <laughs> put new fluid in it <laughs> and fix the car. Kevin, <laughs> yeah. shut up, put fluid in it, and drive the damn car. Right. Okay, Paul. <laughs> so that's what I did is uh, we had another valve laying around. Uh, we just did a vintage air front runner on another car, and, and the, the owner didn't want the original steering pump back. And uh, I took that little valve and switched it out. Fixed. Nice, man. Dead silent. Beautiful steering, that, that GM Saginaw steering experience that I wanted. Yeah. No more fire. <laughs> That's always a plus. <laughs> Only in the cylinders you have that fire. That's right. That's right. Fire in the pipes. Oh, gee whiz, man. Yeah. That's, that could have gone way more sideways than it did. Yes. I, I say you got, I mean, for as scary as that is, I'd say that's pretty damn lucky. It was very lucky. And, and looking yeah. back, I, you know, I always try and figure, I, I'll admit everywhere I screwed up, mm -hmm. but there was no real obvious failure there. Right. You know, I didn't put something together backwards and I didn't, you know, right. so that, that could happen to, to other people. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm trying to work with Paul and have him maybe uh, make that tech information a little more prominent uh, that although Probably you want policy, yeah, although you want to use that that dual return master cylinder, the pump ain't the right match. So, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that was fun. So yeah, yeah, sounds like sounds like a heck of a day. See what happens. You don't drive the car very often. You try to do something nice, you know, try for the car. Nice. Yeah. And this is how you get rewarded with fire. What you get? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's ugh. that could have been horrifying. Yeah. So get that get that extinguisher. Oh, I I I, I have one. Yeah. It's and when it, whenever that car was was running. That was either up front or just behind in the back seat. Yeah. All the time. I never had it in the trunk. I mean, what what the hell good is it going to do in the trunk? So this is true. This is yeah. true. You don't you don't want to trip over it, you know, but but keep it handy. And right. uh, you know, we even have a policy in our shop uh, when we're fixing somebody's car off the street. We don't know what that thing's all about. So whenever we mm-hmm. test drive it, you know, we're we're insured to drive them. But part of our kit right. is a fire extinguisher. You know that the guys take. Yeah. Yeah, that's just smart. It is. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm on my way to smart. <laughs> you come a long way, baby. Yeah, just in the past week. Yeah. All Tell right. You what? So, I'm curious to know about this uh, Avanti uh, trivia question. So, okay. Let's, right. let's see what you well, got. All right. I asked you through in a roundabout sort of way when uh, what was the original production years of the Avanti, the Studebaker Avanti. And you told me 62 and a half through 66. I'm going to have to recheck my figures. Uh-oh. Because, but, well, because the numbers I had were model years 62 and 63. And then they stopped making them because of, uh, uh, um, well, they shut down the South Bend facility, um, uh, Studebaker did. And they were having a lot of production issues with the fiberglass body. They, they they forecast 20,000 units in 62, but only sold 1,200. Right. Because of all these issues. So my research told me 62, 63. And then the, the two, two engineers or two, two dealers bought the name Avanti and started producing it. I think it was the Avanti 2 or something like that. Or it just kept called it the Avanti after that. But those years I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on on the real deal numbers. So it's it's a push at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, I, I, I'll take the fail. I, I, I'll get it wrong. I'm not. I'm okay with that. <laughs> your, well, your explanation was very convincing, so that would lead me to believe maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't but think you're, so. You're pretty good like that because I, I do know that yeah that Avanti two thing happened and it was the only car that lived on from right. from the Studebaker uh, fold, um, and some people. You know, because it was Studebaker guys that continued it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of think that it was still the still DNA was still the... there. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, all right, no, that's fine. I'll uh, I'll give you that one. It's a good question. Thank you. That's a Thank tough one. That that if you didn't uh, if you didn't have the opportunity one day to spend some time learning about those cars for a Muscle Car of the Week episode, uh, <laughs> that's not common knowledge. Uh, right. But it just happens to be a couple of years ago that I. I read all that, so it got replaced with other information. <laughs> Dig it. Dig it. Yeah. Like the like the like the driveline um, uh, configuration in a GMC uh, motorhome. Correct. Correct. Yes. Well, uh, interestingly, um, you are correct. Hey, look at me. Absolutely, it was an old 455 with a turbo or a TH425 transmission, which uh-huh. was the front drive setup. Uh, basically right. straight out of the Tornado. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
what I didn't know is that eventually the last ones were old 403s. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they were 455s. That's what you said. So that that's all good. You get that one, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Uh, I like those motorhomes. Those are really neat looking, aren't they? Oh, they're totally cool. And yeah. you know, being the uh, the EM50 urban assault vehicle. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> didn't help. That's my didn't favorite. Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, those are very cool. And I don't know if you've ever been inside one of those transmissions before. They're no. they're a chain drive. Is that right? That's how they wow. they get that motion to go because a front drive Tornado is a longitudinal engine. It's not transverse. Right. That's right. That's so right. there's a chain drive mechanism to drive the drive wheels, and those things were like 500 foot pounds of torque. Amazing. That's a heck of a chain. Yeah. Heck of a transmission. Yeah. Yeah. Cool My stuff. Goodness. Right on. Right on. All right, man. Well, uh, this was a good one. Uh, a good way yeah. to, to, to cap off a couple of years of doing this. Right on. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and thanks yeah. for all the listeners for sticking by us. That's right. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if anybody has been there all two years. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was opportunities to go elsewhere. Right. Even just tonight. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah. All right, very cool. Yeah, well, thanks to uh, to everybody for listening. And uh, like I said before, be sure to go to uh, v8radio.com to hear the music show. We've already gotten a couple requests to do another one of those. All right. Which could be kind of fun. But that, uh, you know, like I said, that's a website-only thing. We can't disperse that through the regular iTunes channels right. and uh, whatnot. But you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Um, there's another one, too, right? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. Um, oh, TuneIn Radio is a place to listen. TuneIn Radio, yeah, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I listen to it, as a matter of fact. And right and uh, subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. And uh, that's about all I got, man. This was fun. Likewise, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're looking forward to another update on the GTO next time. And uh, until then, uh, keep the shiny side up. Thanks for listening to V8 Radio. <laughs>